Do you need AI? That is the question. It's a question that I've been thinking about a lot over the last sort of couple of months is when do we need AI? What is AI? And how does it compare to ChatGPT if it does? And all those things. So I've been very fortunate to meet somebody over the last year that is leading the field in the world of hospitality short-term rentals. He's called Evan Dolgo. Uh, the name in itself fascinates me, and we're going to dig into this in a second. Uh, we're going to talk about all things AI, talk about Airbnb, how he called out Brian Chesky, and everything else. So strap in. This is 45 minutes of absolute pure AI geekery. You are about to see my mind explode on a, on a Zoom call. All right. Welcome back. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the Boosty Podcast. We are here and we are talking about all things AI. To the left of me, as you can see on your Zoom screens, uh, is a fantastic Evan Dolgo. And he just told me that there's only ever one, only one Evan Dolgo in the, in the whole world. Uh, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Just very quickly, just tell us the, the, the story behind the Cernex. I like that as a nice, nice little intro. That's right, Mark. Only Evan Dog on the planet. Confident in that. Taking 23 and me's. Um, but yeah, it's an Eastern European last name. And then when my family came to America, I think they changed it to blend in. They didn't want to they didn't want to stand out too much. So only Evan Dog on the planet. And, and where are you in the world right now? Currently, I'm in New York City, but I spend most of my time hopping be here, between here and Miami. The East Coast is popping here. Nice. Well. And nice places to be. Nice places to be, indeed. Not well, thank bad. You so much for doing this. Obviously, this topic is about AI, and you are being at the right place at the right time, making a bit of a name for yourself in this industry after some fantastic talks in uh, in Spain and obviously podcasts, etc. Around AI, and over these last six, seven months, it has become the buzzword. <laughs> and we are going to crack on and talk about today about do I need. AI and how is it going to impact this world of, of hospitality as as we know it? So, just uh, before we get into that, just give us a little bit of background about um, about yourself. Obviously, we've had you on the podcast, talk chatting with Liam. Uh, seems like a minute ago now, but just give us a bit of a refresher about AI adaptive, about yourself, how you got into this, and and all that good stuff in between. Absolutely, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know uh, you got quite the following yourself, so happy to be here talking about this. And I, I get it because I come from the hospitality and real estate world where I was building real estate, I was selling houses, I was in hospitality school. And the last five years have been pivotal with this whole technology curve coming in, everyone, everyone needing to adopt the best practices of this and that. And it's just a whole new world of something you didn't sign up for. Um, but yeah, right now I'm the head of, head, of hospi head of predictive hospitality and adaptive. What that means is how do we understand your guests a bit more and predict what they want before the stay during the stay and after the stay. And the only way you do that is by interconnecting all of the dots, all the touch points of the digital touch points, the physical touch points, and then understanding how your guests behave and being able to optimize your entire business for those guests in real time across the entire booking funnel, you name it. Uh, I know that sounds broad, but I just want to give an all-encompassing approach to where we're heading here. Nice little broad one. And like I say, I, I saw the two of your talks that you did in Barcelona at the short stay week, one at the uh, Book Direct show and any other at, at Scales Rentals. And there's definitely a couple of like nuggets that I took away from it, little like cliff notes that I took away from it and, and, and definitely um, have sort of told people about as well. But when it comes to, let's say AI adaptive, right? and let's talk about uh, a single home host who is going, right, I want to go all in on, on machine learning. I've got this one property that's in, that's in Miami. I, Evan, I, come on, let's do this. Plug me into AI Adaptive. What would you say to that person? 
first and foremost, and, and like, what would be the reasoning behind it? I would say you're a long way from AI, my friend, because the reality is when you have a handful of properties, you don't need AI. You need to understand your business better than AI because AI needs to learn from you. And if you don't understand your business enough slash if your business isn't big enough to be gaining that much data, AI is useless. And uh, it's not a magic bullet to solve your problems. You got to deal with that firsthand the hard way, just like everyone else running your business the hard way, like everyone else. And then once you're at scale, let's call it 30, 40, 50 properties, then you can start to look at how to optimize it with AI. So when, we, when we're talking this, obviously, if somebody's at home now watching this, listening to this, they've got one property, but they've heard of ChatGPT. And obviously, you're not saying don't use ChatGPT. You're talking the next level. So when you say AI, somebody will naturally assume, I mean, that little thing that I've heard, ChatGPT. But when you say AI, what are you really sort of homing in on when you're talking about this? Yeah, that's what ChatGPT has done to us. You know, it's like everyone's using AI now. I'm using AI for this. Sprinkle a little AI on that. No, I love ChatGPT. It's excellent. It's helpful to get over those humps in the brain when you're brainstorming. Uh, but if you're young and you're starting new and, and you're motivated, dominate your area with content. Use ChatGPT to write 75% of things to do in your area, restaurants to visit. It can be an incredible tool. It's like almost having your own PR team at your fingertips. So... Definitely utilize ChatGPT, but don't run around telling everyone you're using AI because you're likely not. It goes much further on how the OTAs use AI, how e-commerce companies use AI. And I'm sure we'll dive deeper into that in a bit. Well, I think this is a good place to start. Obviously, we're in end of June now, July, and I believe it was within the last that Brian Chesky uh, got up on the Skift forum and talked about Airbnb will plan to use AI in, in, in the near future. And uh, you instantly put out a blog post, which was which was hilarious to me. I love the title. It was such a good title. It got me to click. So can you just talk to me about that and like your 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 thoughts on that, um, if, if you will? Yeah, I think the, the title of my post was, is that a joke? Yeah. That's it's, they, let's be real. They've been using AI for 10 years. Like that was something early on that they were starting incorporating. And who in their right mind would tell us their plans on what they're doing tomorrow? Obviously, they've already been doing it for many years, but um, I thought it was pretty funny that he went up there. But really what he did was he validated it. He's like, you know what? Yes, we've been doing it for the last 10 years, but we're tripling down on it right now. And uh, we're going to dominate and essentially take all your direct bookings because no one's going to have a choice because our AI personalization is going to be so much better than everyone else's that all your users are going to be hooked on us. Then we're going to give them the loyalty. We're going to give them the Airbnb concierge, full suite, red carpet service. And uh, good luck driving direct bookings is really what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, this is where booking.com all of a sudden get a little bit more notoriety and a little bit more awareness, especially in the States. So in the in the UK, in Europe, and definitely over in Australasia, booking.com is, is a lot bigger than people in America uh, know of it as. But you've been highlighting booking.com, particularly when it comes to, to machine learning. And I, I found this fascinating. So can you just give it like a little 60,000 foot view of what sure. booking.com has specifically been doing with machine machine learning over the last few years? Sure. And it's uh, we know booking.com here too. I use it often, even though it's ugly, it's personalized to me and it moves around for me. It works for me. I use it often. And um, keep in mind, they have many other websites on their platform too. Yeah. But yeah, it's booking.com. It's Amazon. It's your social media. Everyone's experience is unique to them in the sense that maybe the buy now plate, buy now location is in a different spot than it is on someone else's. The idea is they're constantly moving everything around on their website, featured properties, 
to filters, to pictures, because all of us want to see different things. A family of seven in Beverly Hills is going to want to see pictures of pools and beaches when maybe a digital nomad needs to see pictures of urban units for themselves. The idea is that everyone's experience is unique to them. And the more you use it, computers can pick up things that we don't. So they can actually run their own A-B test where they're, where they're automatically just moving everything around. And if it does something right, the machine learns that it did something right, takes the feedback and doubles down on it. If it did something wrong, it never does it again. And what that's doing is creating curated digital journeys for us on every website that's a big technology company. Again, Amazon is doing this to us. You even pay more than other people. They're doing personalized pricing, not at the travel industry. Amazon is guilty of personalized pricing. You have all the OTAs personalizing the content and the way their websites are structured. So the idea is that it's an expectation. It's a way to reduce the friction, increase the enthusiasm of your buyers and spoon feed them to the end zone and get them the book and spend more money. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. This personalized pricing thing is, is fascinating to me. And, you know, it's, it's proven that that is the case with, with, with Amazon. It's, it says being documented. I'm sure I saw a Twitter thread on it and other things as well. Now, in your opinion, this is obviously opinion, not fact. Uh, do you foresee a point in time where Airbnb, Booking.com and Expedia start to do personalized pricing for their guests as well? Yeah, we're seeing it in the e-commerce side, especially on things that are commoditized. Like let's call it uh, PPE equipment from COVID. Masks are, are commoditized. Like a, there's a price that it fluctuates. Masks are worth 70 cents per day today and now they're worth 50 cents tomorrow. Same thing with like gloves. So we're starting to see personalized pricing in cases like that. But Amazon, it's just, it's just brutal. Like it happened to me the other day. I'm buying a piece of furniture and my girlfriend's, my girlfriend's uh, Amazon account was 15% more than mine because Amazon knows that I'm going to go and try to find a deal. I'm probably going to go direct. and knows my girlfriend's going to pay for convenience. Mm-hmm. So in hospitality, I don't think it works. I don't think real-time pricing works because if you look at the airlines, They've tried to do it for years and all they did was piss people off. All they did was like annoy their friends who who ended up paying double what some people paid. And they're like, we're on the same freaking flight in the same, same garbage seats. So one, the question should be, is it possible? Maybe I think it's a difficult equation to solve, but two, even if it was accessible, should you do it? I don't think so. I think the better route to go is a personalized promotion. Uh, Like a family of seven in Beverly Hills you don't need to give them any percent off. But maybe that elderly couple coming from the middle of America, maybe you throw them an extra 15% off to get them as a direct booking customer. So I think that's maybe a healthier route to go, but personalized pricing, I don't think it's a move. See, um, what I was noticing with Airbnb, booking.com and uh, Verbo, because there used to be uh, price transparency. When you signed that contract with the OTAs back in, say, 2012 to 2016, it literally was a case in point in time where the price that you had on your uh, OTA had to be the same everywhere, including your direct booking site. And apart from, there was a few select European countries that 
that didn't have this. And then there was a, a country, I think it was like Australia, that fought it and like a judge overruled it. So that basically got an end to that price transparency. You could literally have whatever prices you want, which obviously was a was a was a win for direct bookings because then you know you go in low on like say a hundred dollars a night and then you price up on, on Airbnb to equate for the for the commissions. Sure. But then what we noticed was that booking.com, for example, they know that the price is a hundred a night and they know they're going to get their 15% commission. What they were doing is they were lowering the price to say 97 pounds a night, but they were taking a hit on their commission. So they were basically going, right, we are, we were actually lower than the direct booking price, but we're taking a, we're taking a cut on our commission here because we want to get that booking. We want to get that data. So I feel like there could be something that they could do. They could end up like cutting their nose <laughs> to smite their face and they could they, they could do something where they can actually start cutting into the commission to to because they know that price will win. When it comes to, well, obviously it depends on, on where we are in recessions and like money and, and all that sort of things. But if it gets to a point in time where people are literally going to the bottom, they could do personalized pricing and just take it out of their commission, so to speak. It's a tricky one. I know with Amazon, they can get away with it because who's going to... Yeah spending an extra whatever but you're right with 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 uh, flights and you know hotels and and service accommodation and whatnot and, and rentals it, it could be could be an interesting one but i think the overall message that i'm getting from from listening to yourself and from everything else that i'm seeing is that the days of a shotgun approach to marketing is over you're going to be a lot more sniping now it's going to be very personalized i think we're going to a route where i mean Airbnb now just feels like Tinder. It's literally a one, you know, it's like with all the things crazy. So it's like LinkedIn too. LinkedIn. LinkedIn makes all the same noises as those dating apps. Like it's the same idea. They're all, the idea is expectation is that when you jump from app to app to app, the core functionality of all these platforms should be similar. So more so if they're going to jump from Amazon to the OTAs to social media, where all of those experiences are curated and now they go to your direct booking, booking website, which is generic and static and clunky. They're going to fail. So the idea is your existing customers on your website, which are getting harder to acquire. Do you want to set them up to fail or do you want to give them the same type of journey using AI personalization to start personalizing some content because it's an expectation? Well, let's give some people some quick wins. And I remember your talk at the Book Direct show and I instantly went and uh, got our team to implement this for, for all of our websites. I love that. And it's something that's such a quick win. And when you when you hear it, and you spoke to it on stage, it just made a ton of sense. So first and foremost, just very quickly, just talk to what hosts are doing wrong right now on their Dara booking site. And then secondly, give them a quick win and a quick fix of how they can they can do this. Yeah, I just want to give you a quick win before I even go down that route. As well as on stage at the Book Direct Show in Barcelona, I was going through some of the best direct booking practices I've seen in place to increase conversion. And as I'm stepping down the stage, Mark pulls me over. He's like, hey, we already made three of those changes while you were speaking. So that's what you want in a web provider here in a platform where, where Boostly is going to make those changes immediately, not wait to be passive, but they're going to be proactive about it. And that was super freaking cool, Mark, how you updated their website. But yeah, I, I think what people are doing wrong is they're trying to reinvent the wheel or they're stuck on these old clunky platforms that don't fall in line with what we're used to today. So when I, what I mean by that is... of of OTAs have the same type of flow. Front and center is the the dates to put when and where you're traveling. Right under that are the featured properties, the recommended rentals for you. And everything below that is something else to click from a blog to amenities to cities. 
The idea is get rid of the words. I think that's priority number one. When you have these chunky word blocks on your state, on your, on your main page, it just ruins the entire experience. No one knows how to read anymore, especially in America. I'm assuming in the UK, it's probably similar. Yeah. I think the rest of the world is following America in the sense that we just like to click pretty pictures. So the idea is front and center, have the search bar right below that options to click below that more options to click and then let your SEO guys have a field day. Yeah. I recommended for you was such a, such a, a real like sort of, I, it was one that just made my light bulb go up above the head because the, the common thing that you see is our portfolio or our homes, for example, or our properties. When you turn it around and even though it's not personalized, but by just saying recommended for you, again, the 99.9% of the people visiting your website to potentially book with you don't even know what AI means. <laughs> if you take, if you say to them, AI will think, oh yeah, a Terminator movie or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Realize that all of this machine learning is going, is, is going on. You know, you don't know what, what you don't know. So don't try and overcomplicate. Like you say, just a couple of little word tweaks here and there, and um, you can make it look like that real, that, that, that personalized uh, booking process, even though you're just tweaked a, a few words, which is. Marco, yeah, if I, if I can add to you also have an incredible mobile site. It works nicely, man. It's exactly what people expect. Look, it might not be Amazon, but you're, you're damn better than everyone else trying to be even close to Amazon. So it's that's some stat. I think a stat that I threw out on stage was 55% of Airbnb's customers are acquired via phone and mobile apps mm -hmm. or websites. So yes. the idea is, is that if everyone is ignoring their mobile phone, that's where the trend is heading. That's what people expect. The computer is no longer on your desk. It's in your pocket. So I think mobile is also a super low-hanging fruit. I think Boostly did an incredible job of delivering. And the, up, the apps, the updates that you showed me appeared within minutes. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. Um, mobile first is something we've been preaching for a while. We, we, saw, we saw the stats. We saw the same stats that you, you saw on that. And it's so easy to do as well. Like literally everybody who is, even if you don't want a Boostly website, if you're going to do it yourself, when you're creating it, or if your website designer is creating it, have it with the mobile first the mobile view first it's so it's so simple because again the amount of times you're scrolling on a website and it's got those small little buttons you know and if you've got fat forms like me you're never gonna you know you're not gonna pinch no one pinches anymore so yeah you, you gotta make it you gotta make it super simple uh to definitely do that so going down this route of personalization uh and without just talking about diet bookings or airbnb or just like hospitality in general how, how do you foresee like the next sort of stage of all all of this like how how fast is this you know going to come where literally yeah it's every time you go on it's something different like how 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 far are we away from from that sort of world right now yeah i think we're a couple of years from where ai really takes a play during the stay but the idea is that the guest experience doesn't start at your front door it really starts on your website your website's your digital storefront and if you have a 360 degree view on what's going on in your storefront you know how many people are coming in what they're looking at, how they're behaving, and you can optimize that storefront to perform better. But through that, what you're really learning is how your guests behave. What's their purchasing power? What are their preferences? Do they care about kitchens, pools? Maybe they're looking at blog posts. Are they looking for things to do? And that's where I think artificial intelligence, specifically machine learning, will be able to understand what do guests want and begin curating during the stay touch points. Uh, if they're celebrating their anniversary, maybe on the TV, it says happy anniversary and strawberries are organized to be are arranged to be put on their, on their bed. If they have a kid, maybe a pack and play is gonna be set up beforehand. It's things like that that are really what I call predictive hospitality that are blurring the lines between 
the, the four seasons and vacation rentals slash short-term rentals. But until then, it's going to be very clear that you're sleeping in someone's apartment until the machine learning starts to take those digital touch points and, and translate that into physical outcomes. So um, I do think that's a couple years away. And then it's beyond. It's, it's the loyalty. It's the ability to not be a noisy marketer constantly hounding your, your customers. How do you touch that? Every time you send us an email, how do you make sure that touch point is natural? It's organic. So that's also personalization. So the idea is before the stay, during the stay, after the stay, that entire guest experience is curated for each customer based on their purchasing power, preferences, affinities at scale. I know it's a mouthful. No, it, it boils <laughs> down to data as well, because the only way we're going to get this personalization, yeah. if we have the data and then we're sort of like relying on data being shared, right? So uh, no, no, so I how, disagree with that. How can we, how can we get around this? How is that going to happen? Because this is fascinating to me. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. And the idea is that you don't really want to share data. Because the way customers use your company, use your vacation rental product, isn't the same way they use a hotel or another vacation rental manager. So if you start commingling data across property managers, they, it, it just isn't personalized enough to understand that specific user's experience at your property. So the idea is that every company needs their own machine learning engine, which is going to take the digital touch points, which is on the internet, your Google Analytics, your, 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 your conversion rate on your website, your click-through rate. That data shows you what customers are looking for, how much they can spend. And the reason we're starting with that is because it's in abundance. People have tens of thousands of web visitors. They use the website every minute of the day. There's always data coming in. But once we hit that threshold where we have enough, then we can use that data to power those personalized experiences during the stay, whether it's upsells, cross-sells, you name it. But until then, the idea is it needs to be your machine learning engine focusing on your core business that understands your core customers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Fascinating. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint, are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just £2, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the Blueprint. And then for 101 Marketing Tactics, that is in the Playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint. And uh, we'll see you on either side. So, okay, let's just say someone wants to start today. What's the best practices on like a very small level that they could start to do to be prepared for this personalized world? Like what data can they could be collecting now? Even if it's just on a small CRM like MailChimp, what can they, what yeah. and how can they be sort of getting ready for this? So there's the obvious, obvious ones, the PMS. On the property side, make sure you're tagging all the amenities of each of your property. Those attributes make each property super unique and allow you to eventually personalize those properties to the customer much better. So make sure your PMS is super rich and is logging all the proper customer and property data. That's an obvious one. But the second one is become a Google Analytics Pro. And it's not very hard to do because the resources are accessible. Uh, they have Google Analytics Academy, which is a free course that shows you the ins and outs of GA4, which is the new Google Analytics. And if you don't understand how to use GA4, you're never gonna understand how to drive direct booking because GA4 is your access to understanding who's coming into your store and so on. So I would say GA4 is definitely the place to look. And what is enough data is also the question to be asking. Because if you have 30, 40 properties, it's honestly still not even enough to start using something like AI personalization, what Brian Chesky was talking about. Because if a customer does a search and you have 40 properties and six properties populate, 
The human brain can go through all of that. You don't need a concierge service to spoon feed you what to do when you have six choices. The idea is that when you have 100 properties, then 30, 40 pro uh, options populate. That's when spoon feeding the guests and personalizing the options and curating their customer journey is, is a bit more effective. So that also happens with the 10,000 monthly web visitors and 100 plus properties in inventory. I would say that's the, th the data threshold to look at. So with your AI adaptive hat on, you're really looking to speak to somebody that has got 100 properties minimum and, uh, and getting like a lot of touch points on their website. Yeah. And, you know, we are trying to bring this product downstream. Like we do want to help the little guys. And again, even if you have 100 properties and 10,000 monthly web visitors, in our eyes, you are considered a little guy because you barely have enough data. You likely don't even have enough data at that point for us to really be effective. And that's because machine learning needs a ton of data. It needs an insane amount of data and people are underestimating that. So you really need to appreciate that if this chatbot is coming up to you, uh, and this is going to talk about vaporware, which I know you're intrigued by. If, some, if a chatbot is coming up to you, they started their company on LinkedIn three months ago, and they're starting to say, hey, we have a chatbot that can answer all your questions, blah, blah, blah. There's not a chance. There's just simply not a chance because if Booking.com spent a billion dollars on their chatbot, how much more so this two-person chatbot company that just spawned last month is not going to solve all your problems. You need a ton and ton of data. So again, we do want to bring this product downstream, but it's a, it's a work in progress. Let's quickly talk to that. There are, as expected, a lot of AI companies that are being created. So say that someone's approached me, right? AI.com or whatever it is, has yeah. approached me and said, right, Mark, we're going to plug it in. We're going to do all these things, yada, yada, yada. What is the first steps that I could take to go and check that this company knows what they're talking about? Yeah. And I think it's smart to preface it with, you'll never know if they're actually delivering real AI. You're not a mathematical modeler. You're not a machine learning engineer. Even if they show you something basic, you're not going to understand that. So you're definitely not going to understand if they show you a mathematical model and machine learning engine. Second, the best way to do it is LinkedIn. Because what we do know is judgment on, how, how pe on what the people's pedigree are. And if they're on LinkedIn and they're a public personality and they're saying they went to certain schools, they worked at certain companies, you can validate that. You can check that. And you can see their community around them that's rallying behind them to at least attest to that person's uh, capability to deliver on what they're trying to sell. So I think LinkedIn's the best place to test someone's pedigree and just see what they study and what they're doing. And if uh, it's, a, it's really a judgment call at the end of the day, though. And I think the better move is to ask, will you A, B test? And how do you attribute revenue to you? Because what I've learned is that, for example, the SEO guys, SEO is an incredible tool, a search engine optimization, but it's a game that's been around since the beginning of the internet. And the, the rules have changed a little bit here and there. But what I see on these SEO reports is they take credit for all revenue attribution. They take credit for the, the conversion rate optimization. They take credit for the pay-per-click. They take credit for everyone else's work because at the end of the day, they're the underlying SEO guys. So the idea is that revenue attribution is very difficult to do. And the only way to do it is with an A-B test. So it's, okay, half of your users will get this experience and half of your users will get the AI experience. That way you can compare what's working and what's not and attribute revenue to each group. If they can't deliver a true A-B test, then how the heck are you going to know if it's actually working? So I think uh, those three points, you should be able to sniff someone out. Now, the, the amount of times I have gone to LinkedIn on the back of your advice, gone to the company section, looked who's working for the people. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Now it's really good tips. And those two other ones. Yeah. Fantastic. 
All right, so let's take off the AI adaptive hat on for a second. And I saw on LinkedIn, must have been about a month or six weeks ago, that uh, you're doing a little bit of work with our good friends, Francois Enzo. So talk yes. to me very, very quickly about that. Like, what what is Enzo Connect for those that don't know? What are you doing uh, within there? How how are you uh, helping them? Yeah, Francois and I entered this industry together in our in our mid twenties two years ago, and I didn't know him, but I quickly, within two or three months of being here. I started learning that we're knocking on the same doors. So I'm like, I got to find out who this Francois guy is. Uh, fast forward two years, we've become very close. He's a savvy, savvy entrepreneur and the founder of Enzo Connect, which long story short, centralizes your entire booking, your booking process into one. So when someone books, all of those details are in your boarding pass. They're on the Enzo Connect platform. It's like a one-stop shop for your guests to find all their information. And I recently joined them as an advisor because they're launching something called Enzo AI. And what Enzo AI is a support ticket platform for your customer service team. So when you're on 40 OTAs and you have messages coming in from all these platforms, you have a unified inbox that's able to consolidate them into one so your person can reply to all of them. But it's overwhelming to reply to every single message, especially when they're redundant. So with the usage of natural language processing, such as like ChatGPT, we're able to fill in 70 to 80% of those sentences, of those responses with AI-generated content. And the last 10 to 20% are handled by the person. So that way it's personalized. There's still the human touch. What that does, it increases the velocity that each customer support person can uh, reply to more requests and essentially taking your current employees and quadrupling their efficiency, allowing them to outperform the everyone else. Nice. So that's messages coming in from say Airbnb. It will, the AI, Enzo AI will do 80% of the work. A human has to check it and then press send. Pretty much. And I, and I would say the, the, the final 10 to 20% is important for the, per, for the human to just add, maybe some things are just fast and quick questions like an FAQ, yeah. but uh, I think the 10 to 20% really keeps it human because that, at the end of the day, we're just using templates ourselves. We just keep manually typing it up. Yeah, no, exactly. I've, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. They, we've all got SOPs. Like if you've got a company that's got over, say, you know, 10 members of staff, you've got, you've all got SOPs, you've all got onboarding docs, you've all, you know, but at that point, you've got not only are you training the person, you've got somebody that you've hired who's then training the person and they are going off. SOPs, IPOs, the things that you've created in the first place. And all they're doing is when they're answering a question is they're looking at their Google doc print off or whatever. So you can get pretty much 80% of any question that comes in answered via your onboarding docs, your SOPs, et cetera. But then there's always going to be that personalization until we get the next round of chat GPT or whatever it comes into next when it can actually be creative and predict future things. You know, it's, it's not being so reactive. It can actually be proactive. And yeah, very interesting times, very interesting times indeed. So uh, where can people go right now to find out more and just to keep more like your thoughts, et cetera. Where, where, where's your social media of choice right now? Yeah. I only use one social media, unfortunately, and it's LinkedIn and one, but fortunately I am the only every dog in the world. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I guess it evens out. It's a good situation, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Evan Dalgo, and, um, I'm the head of predictive hospitality for adaptive. And I think another good place for, for those that are, are a little more advanced is a website that's called booking.ai. So that's booking.ai, that's a website. And what that is, is, is uh, booking.com's machine learning and data science team, and that's their blog. 
and they share some of their tests and their learnings from two or three years ago, at least. Obviously, they're not going to tell us what they're doing tomorrow, but still, <laughs> what they were doing five, six years ago is way ahead of what everyone else is doing today. So definitely a good place. You're not going to understand everything, but um, hey, yeah. start poking around. I had to look at that domain and I got a couple of words in there and I was just like, wow, my brain is already fried. So it was it's a lot. It's good. It's a good. But yeah, obviously we're not going to tell you about what they're doing tomorrow because then otherwise Airbnb would just sit on there and just go like, refresh, do that. <laughs> yeah, refresh, let's do that. Yeah, just like Brian Chesky sits on stage saying he's just going to start you thinking about using AI today. Like, like come on, it's so obvious. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting to see what was going to happen next. I feel like we're just at the very, very start of what could be a very fascinating 18 months ahead for, for this whole this whole industry. And obviously, your LinkedIn is definitely the first place to go. Go check out booking.ai. Uh, but just keep doing what you're doing. It's it's impressive. You know, I think it's about, literally, I think it's about a year ago or at least nine months ago that you jumped into the DMs of, on a, on a, on a my LinkedIn and just been watching ever since. Very fortunate I got a chance to meet and party in Barcelona. And yeah, I'm just very impressed with everything you do. Uh, so hopefully see you on more stages and see you on more podcasts. And I'll be championing you behind the scenes, buddy. Amen. And if I could leave everyone with just one final message for the next 18 months, it's that AI isn't going to replace humans, but humans that use AI will not only outperform those that don't, but they're going to replace those that don't because they're going to be that much more efficient and, and have much more velocity towards what they're doing. So definitely don't ignore what's happening. Amen. Indeed. All right. With that being said, we are coming up to 45 minutes. So a perfect time to put an end to this. Evan, thank you so much for being part of this. And we will see everybody back again in a few days with another podcast. Thank you very much.